Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. In the beautiful city of Seattle and its environs, um, boy, I tell you, I got to get out of this uh, this week. The, the smoke, the air is just—it's uh, <laughs> killing me. I, I was just talking to uh, somebody outside of my house. We were just I walked out there to pick something up out of the car, and we were talking about how it's killing him too. Uh, you know, we're just all. Kind of, uh, you know, if you have any kind of respiratory problems, uh, it's the air quality is just uh, horrendous. You don't figure that Seattle would be a place that that would happen, but with the fires that are going on, the, uh, uh, you know, up around Route 2, uh, where they had that they actually had to close again uh, this week uh, for a while for fire mitigation and some of the other little stuff of what's going on up in BC, uh, we're getting the brunt of some really nasty air and over a repeated amount of time you just start to wonder you know how much can a human body take and you know i mean if, i think if you're young if you're 30 years old or something it doesn't you know it doesn't affect you that much but when you get to uh to the uh chunky old man stage like yours truly has attained um you're happy to be here don't get me wrong but these maladies, these things that happen in the air start to affect you when you think about them more. And now I'm not going to come out and say, well, boy, if we had electric cars, there'd be none of this. Because this isn't, I mean, I don't know how much of this is caused by, um, you know, uh, auto, automobiles. Uh, I'm sure it contributes to it, trucks, and automobiles, and so on and so forth. But uh, the main culprit here, I believe, still is fires. And, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you feel it. You really, I, I mean, I do. You, you, when you breathe in, you take a deep breath, and it, uh, you know, you feel it in your chest. So hopefully that'll uh, mitigate itself. I'm probably going <laughs> to take a blow for a couple of days. i got to look and see where the air is clear uh, on a map and go there, uh, whether it be down south or up north to Canada. Uh, you know, I just need some fresh air. And hopefully uh, it's not affecting you in the same way that is, excuse me, affecting me. But that is all. uh, That's the weather report. (laughs) It's just, it's a nasty day today. Um, In sports, (laughs) wow. uh, What do you you say? You know, um, yeah, they're going to come back. They're going to have game three today. Uh, I'll even hedge my bets and say that they'll probably win game three, that the home cooking will affect them in a way that uh, that will be positive and good, and it'll make them get out and, you know, uh, uh, maybe. I, see, it's not, it's not a thing of playing a little harder. It's not a thing of of doing something, one thing, except don't pitch to one certain guy. I mean, that's really what it boils down to because this guy seems to kill you. And I think at some point you just got to go with the, uh, you know, the, the, the Barry Bonds theory is you just pitch around him. If you got bases loaded, it's not a tie game, you pitch around him. Because he's better than he hurts you with one run than he hurts you with three or two. I know a lot of people will argue that, uh, you know, that ego thing comes into play right there. You know, where you say, well, uh, you know, my, my pitcher ought to be able to get this guy out. Well, your pitchers haven't. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into a sports rant I don't think it's anybody's fault. I think it's ego. You know, if you're if you're a power pitcher, you have to believe that you can throw your stuff by anybody. You have to believe. Uh, Ralph Kiner, I believe, used to say it uh, the best when he was doing the Mets broadcast when I was growing up. You have to be able to 
to throw a ball through a car wash without getting it wet. And it's true. You know, you have to feel that you can do that. And the Mariners right now are not there. But let's not kid ourselves. This is not, you know, if if this team makes the World Series, uh, it'll be one of those things where they catch uh, a, a wave of luck. They're skilled. No, nobody's saying that they're not skilled, and that, and any team that's in this tournament probably could make it. But it's where you separate the men from the boys at some point. Veteran managers know who to pitch to and who don't. Not that, that, that the manager is, is making uh, bad moves. He's just making a couple of mistakes. But at this level... That one mistake that you get away with during a regular season will cost you dearly in the playoffs because everything is turned up. Everything is intensified. So I wish him a lot of luck today. Uh, I, You know, the town would love for this team to come back, to rally, and to beat the, uh, the dreaded, hated Astros. I hope it happens. I will be cheering for it to happen. I will be jumping up and down if it does happen. But I'm also a realist. I'm also a person that um, has covered baseball for too long. And you see uh, how the sausage is made. And sometimes when you see how the sausage is made, it's, it's hard to just go back to being a fan who believes that their team is going to win no matter what. You look at it more analytically. And when you see a mistake and you see the mistake repeated, uh, now you're looking for patterns, like an investigator almost. Uh, let's hope that they break the pattern today. Let's hope that they, you know, at least win one. Uh, I would hate to see uh, the Astros come in here today and, and win and just uh, sully the crowd over at the ballpark. It would it would really break my heart. But please remember, please remember that this team has accomplished something that no other team in Mariners uh, in, in the last 21 years for the Mariners have. They made the playoffs. If they lose today, it doesn't take away the enjoyment that we got from Julio this season, it doesn't take away the um, stretch that we saw Robbie Ray go through in August, uh, where you could have pointed to him and said, Cy Young winner again. It doesn't negate uh, the excitement of, uh, of, uh, of Logan. It doesn't negate uh, getting Castillo over here at the trading deadline doesn't negate all of that stuff. It's just the fact that they're not quite ready for prime time. And um, you, you have to realize that sometimes these things come like that, and sometimes uh, it takes them a year or two. Tell me who you know besides Jimmy Shapiro that <laughs> would have told you that the Phillies uh, we're going to be as successful as they are this year. And just handily beat the crap out of the Braves. I'm not a Phillies fan, but I love uh, a good come-from-behind story. And it just makes you feel all warm inside. And uh, the Phillies are that this year. They're beating up the big, bad Braves. They beat up the big, bad Cardinals. And uh, their path to the National League Championship is looking pretty good right now. Uh, yeah, they got it. they're probably going to have to wind up facing the Dodgers, but um, probably the Dodgers, but who knows? It'll be, um, it'll be interesting. Uh, that series is fascinating because you have a team that has that mix of veterans and newer guys and 
it just all seems to flow into each other. And it, I don't know who picked him at the start of the season to go to the World Series or even go to the playoffs for that matter. But I'll tell you what, it wasn't many. Uh, you got to see the receipts on that one. Save the receipts on that, baby. All right. So go Mariners. Let's get at least one today and and go from there and see what happens. You just take it one moment at a time right now and uh, enjoy what's in front of you. Don't think about tomorrow. Don't think about Monday or anything or Tuesday. Think about what's going to happen this afternoon at safe at uh, Safeco Field, uh, the ballpark. And you'll save your uh, your head a lot of troubles. Just think, in the offseason, this team is going to need less than it ever needed before. So, but yeah, you have, a, you know, you have some big questions, and those will be answered as uh, the offseason goes on. All right. Um, so that is, uh, that's our baseball story. Now let's get to talking cars a little bit. Um, because we do, um, we do this show about cars, but, you know, I'm so associated with sports that I can't just ignore sports and let it go by. You know, especially something as, uh, uh, monumental as this that is going on. First time in 21 years that this team is in the postseason and um, the excitement that it brings the city. Uh, I saw yesterday dancing garbage men. That's what you get with the playoffs. Dancing garbage men, people from waste management. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but they got people to uh, TV stations to come down. They probably put out a press release. They had, you know, remember the dancing ground crew? Well, waste management says, you know what? We're going to have dancing garbage men. And you know what? If dancing garbage men get you going on a Friday morning in Seattle in October, God bless you. You know? (laughs) That's part of the excitement, the fun of this. You see things that you just never thought you'd see. You see things that are... Uh, different and odd and and what people will do you hear about their superstitions you hear about the 98 year old grandmother who hasn't missed a game in 50 years you know you you just you look you see all that stuff and it, it makes you know how deep baseball runs in this community uh even you know pre-mariners you go back to uh, Leo Lassen and calling the Rainiers down at Six Stadium, and uh, you know you you get a sense of of that this was a was a a great baseball town at one point, and hopefully will be again. It it, it seems that. Uh, that the fans are ready to make it that way. So good luck today, Mariners. Hopefully uh, you'll get this thing back on track, and uh, we'll be here next week talking about uh, the Mariners um, moving on to play Cleveland. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to see the Yankees. Oh, I don't, what do I want to see? I know my friends, my cousins, everybody—they're all Yankee fans. But I'm a Mets fan. And, you know, no self-respecting Mets fan can root for the Yankees. It's just, it's it's written in the Bible. Go look in the Bible. Uh, it's the Book of Yogi, chapter 16, verse 21. Thou shalt not root for the Yankees. All right, let's, let's uh, get the cards here a little bit, as we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Um, let's see. Let's uh, let's start it out with a, a couple of cars that are coming down the pike here uh, that are really looking pretty good, pretty exciting. Uh, I think, at least, uh, one of them is uh, the Polestar, which is uh, a derivative of Volvo. They're cars that are made by Geely in China. Uh, I don't know if they're actually made in China, but it's part of that company. But the Polestar, you may have seen them out on the street. There's a, a coupe uh, that's a sedan, I should say, that's out right now. 
But the Polestar 3, that's coming out for 2024, um, will go on sale in 2023 and will be the, uh, the Halo car, the flagship for the brand. Um, the Polestar 2 is already out. You've probably seen them around. Uh, you have a, 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 you know, it's all electric. You have a huge battery in this thing. Um, supposed to get 300 miles per charge in the, uh, in America, uh, in, in, uh, the WLTP cycle, which is prevalent in Europe, 610 kilometers, uh, 49 horsepower, in standard form, power sent to all four wheels, and there's a uh, performance pack that will get you even more power. But it's not just the drivetrain in these cars, because, I mean, let's face it, uh, people will have less to do with the drivetrain in electric cars than any other time in the, in, in the history of automobiles. Uh, they will encourage you not to touch it. To any time that something goes wrong, uh, load it on a flatbed and bring it back to the dealer. They know what they're doing. You don't. It's high voltage. Uh, don't touch the orange wires. And uh, don't mess with our computer calculations and the stuff that the software that we put into this car. But that's where you will see uh, a lot of interesting things that go on with these cars. Uh, the Polestar 3 uh, is going to be, according to many people who have seen uh, this SUV, the smartest car on the road. Uh, you're looking at 489 horsepower, as we said, 300 miles. It'll be made in two plants, one of them in China and one of them in South Carolina. And you'll be able to get one of these in late 2023. Um, it'll, it'll grow out the model range later. But this Volvo platform, Polestar is part of Volvo, which is part of Geely, um, going to cost you $85,300 to start. If you want to performance pack, uh, you'll get... It'll cost you an extra six thousand dollars, so you'll be into this thing for ninety-one. By the time it's uh, all over, probably more. Um, but it's going to have some pretty interesting stuff in it. Uh, the uh, plus in the pilot pack will come with the highest level of standard equipment available. So they're going to load these first-year cars up with stuff, including a uh, pilot assist driver system, heated interior components, a 25-speaker audio system uh, from Bowers and Wilkins, and uh, a lot of other goodies. Uh, the Mechanically, all these cars will probably be about the same, 400-volt lithium-ion battery, uh, 111 kilowatt hour, and as I said, 300 miles of range. Um, the Polestar 2 dual motor right now is about 260, so they want to get that up into Tesla territory. Um, they, you know, listen, uh, Tesla is the standard that everybody that's doing electric cars wants to aim for right now. Although I think that they would probably be better served going after uh, the Chevy Bolt market because more people are going to use Bolts than are going to wind up in Teslas. I'm just saying that the way you're going to make these cars successful is to make them available to the masses uh, in an economical, easy-to-charge package. It'll also have a bi-directional charging, which means that um, what you don't use will go back to the uh, to the grid. 
You'll be able to sell electricity in your car. Um, it's the same system or a similar system to the Ford F-150 Lightning, by the way, which I am going to have uh, the last week of the month. We will have the Ford F-150 Lightning. We're going to do a, uh, a display of it as well. Um, we're going to have people come out and look at it and touch it. Uh, I believe in Spokane, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and we're trying to set one up uh, here as well. But they will be certainly at the Seattle International Auto Show, which is coming up in November. And I expect it will be, uh, as we were last year, live uh, from them. But November 9th is when this um, is when this car is going to... Well, if the EX90 is coming out on November 9th. But that's another vehicle with the bi-directional charging. Uh, you'll be able to, if you know, as as often happens here, if the vehicle, uh, if there's a blackout, you'll be able to power things in your vehicle, uh, things in your home off of the vehicle. Uh, we saw that with the GV60 a couple of weeks ago where you stuck in the adapter and you plugged the uh, stuff in. And you could run your laptop. You could run lights in your house. You can run a number of different uh, components in your house off of the electricity in the car. They don't advise you to plug your whole house into the car. But there's enough there for an emergency situation. Or if you have that cabin in the woods and you take the car up there, you can watch a playoff game from your cabin if you bring a TV up. Um, it's, you know, you'll also be able to go car to car. So if uh, your wife's electric car runs out of uh, a fuel up at the cabin, you'll be able to take your car and charge her off of that so that she has enough to get to a, a charger. So, you know, all of the objections to these cars, that these EVs that people are seeing, are slowly melting away. So it'll be, um, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be fun. I think the Polestar is going to be, uh, and the Volvo EX90, especially in this area where Volvos used to sell like crazy. I mean, how many Volvos did you see, uh, you know, driving down the street here in Seattle and, and, and the area uh, back in the 90s? You know, the XC90, the XC60. I mean, those cars were all over the place. Maybe the busiest dealer in town was uh, the Volvo dealer until Subaru really stepped up their game a little bit. Now it'll be interesting to see if people go back to the Volvo or the Polestar. As I said, folks, it's a fascinating time in uh, the automotive business. Uh, lots of news around the FTC and auto dealers this week. Uh, the basic gist of everything right now is that the FTC has been looking at the practices of some auto dealers during the pandemic and how some dealers were asking for uh, four, five, six, ten, in some cases $20,000 over sticker price to get a car. Um, in, in essence, the dealers were, were shafting people more than usual. Uh, and there are some dealers, and listen, there are some great dealers, and there are some dealers that take you to the bank. And the FTC is trying to do something about it. That's the Federal Trade Commission. They're trying to get to even up the playing field a little bit. Uh, they're trying to get dealers to stop selling you um, menu items. You know, when you go into the, the, the office, 
the finance office, you have the, the, the person who's the F&I person, and they put a menu out in front of you, and they're trying to sell you a warranty, they're trying to sell you an extended battery, they're trying to sell you a AAA member. I mean, they're trying to sell you everything in the world. There's a list that they give you. Well, that list can be $10,000 worth of stuff by the time it's all over. And stuff that you really don't need. Um, Hydrogen-filled tires. You know, uh, stuff like that that really have no value. But yet, people get into those rooms, they get intimidated. They don't know. They're not a smart consumer. They don't take somebody with them uh, to buy a car. And the next thing you know, they've got seven, dollars $8,000 worth of add-ons. Uh, because the folks at YAA, I don't know if you remember, we had them on, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago. Uh, they've been really at the forefront of getting on, you know, that community has been at the forefront of getting on uh, the Federal Trade Commission uh, to try to even some of this playing field out and make it, um, you know, make, make it, a little bit more of a pleasurable experience. And to be fair, Ford, Jim Farley has really, have really, out of all the companies, really tried to uh, tell their dealers, hey, no shenanigans here. If we catch you doing this, this, or this, we're going to pull your dealership. Plain and simple. Uh, we want to try to get rid of the stigmatization of going to a car dealer. Many dealers are, you know, fine with that. The honest dealers are going to be fine with that. The not-so-honest dealers, the guys that have the sweat rooms, they're, uh, you know, they're the ones that are up at arms. But, you know, Tesla has proven that you can make a car buying experience that is not dreaded, but that you can go in. I had a conversation a few years ago with the um, head of marketing for Tesla, and he came from Apple, and he said that what they wanted to do is make buying a Tesla the same as buying an Apple computer. It was an informed decision. It was an easy decision to make. If you didn't want to do it, there was no pressure on you. They weren't going to sweat you out of the place that they were going to um, offer you their best price up front for a great product and not put pressure on you either to take it or not to take it. And that formula has worked quite well. You see a whole lot of Teslas out on the road. So that's something uh, to be aware of. Uh, And and you can find more out about it. Uh, The YAA guys, and you go to uh, joinyaa.com, they've covered this, uh, really done an exemplary job of covering it. I'm going to try to get them on in the next couple of weeks uh, as we head into the dark times. Um, but, you know, it's been tough because there just haven't been enough cars to go around, but that shortage is starting to ease. Uh, chips are coming in, uh, they're being, stuff for them is being mined down here in the United States, so you don't have to just go to, uh, another country. As a matter of fact, part of the way you'll get your credit is by buying a car with stuff mined and, and produced in the United States. That's how you'll get your $7,500 EV credit if you go out and buy one. So it's uh, it's an ever-changing world in automobiles, and we're trying to bring you uh, enough of it so that you're informed when you want to buy a car. You can always uh, go to my Facebook page or my Twitter feed, uh, both of them at NYVINI, N-Y-V-I-N-N-I-E, and ask me a question, and we'll do our best to answer it for you. Uh, we try to create a community here of uh, Puget Sound people who love cars, who you know enjoy not just uh, shining cars up and taking them to car shows, but also 
uh, being in the know about what's going on with the automotive business and the newest stuff that's uh, coming out. We're the people that in the old days used to go to the uh, to the car dealers when the windows were covered with um, paper and wait for, you know, whatever that was, September 30th or the new Chevy Nova is coming on uh, October 1st and we'd sit there and wait, you know, for the paper to come down. You know, there's no internet in those days. You had spy shots in the car magazines and that was it. And now we're here doing a radio show. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, so anyway, you can reach me through the Facebook page uh, all the time. Just go to uh, NY Vinny and, uh, uh, you know, on Facebook, and you'll find my page there. You can uh, find an archive of our old shows uh, and uh, different notes and things that we put up. Also, Drive Time Radio and TV. Uh, is a way to get to us as well so that you can, uh, you know, kind of an extension of what we do here on Saturday all through the week. And if I find an interesting article, I try to put it up there as fast as possible so you'll be informed as well. A couple other things that are going on uh, this week. Uh, General Motors announced that they're going Tesla-esque in their electric stuff as well. Uh, Ultium is their battery brand, and they are going to come out with a um, a situation, you know, a, a, a similar thing to Tesla, where uh, you know your house, your car, everything will be powered off of uh, some kind of generating system, and you'll sell the uh, power back to the car company, uh, to the uh, power company, I should say. Very, very interesting stuff. And uh, the whole dynamic of how we power our worlds are going to uh, are going to come, uh, are going to change quickly. What else do we got here? The International Institute, uh, the Insurance Institute, I should say, of Highway Safety, says that drivers are too trusting of autonomous tech. Uh, they've studied this, and uh, as, as they should, and they are saying that people uh, plug in this tech, and they kind of forget about the system. Uh, they're sitting there uh, clapping their hands to songs and talking with them, you know, and not keeping their uh, eye on the road. And they are, uh, you know, they're, they're neglecting driving the car. They're letting the car do all the driving as much as it will. And uh, the people at this institute, which is a very credible organization, are saying that it's not good that people take too much of their attention off the road and onto other things. Um, so uh, you see people driving down the road and, uh, you know, they're not paying any kind of attention at all. They're on their phone and doing this and doing that. These super crews and pro pilot for Nissan and autopilot for Tesla, these systems only do so much. They're not fully autonomous. You still have to pay attention to what you're doing. And I think they're now, uh, designing these systems so that they can lock you out <clears throat> if you um, if you don't use the system as you're supposed to use it uh, they will lock you out and you will be able to use the system in your car which is uh, and I don't know what the parameters of that are I'm going to investigate that a little bit more to see, uh, you know, is it a week that they lock you out, a month? Can you never use it again? Do you go on some, I've been banned list, things that need to be looked. Because I'll tell you, this, uh, you know, we talked about the Super Cruise with the Chevy Bolt uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's a fantastic system. It's scary how good it is. And you do not have to pay attention to the steering wheel when you're in... in 
supercruise. That the car literally drives itself. And they've designed it so you have to check in certain amounts of time, but it's really amazing how well the system is. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that's something that, uh, that bears watching from the IIHS. Um, according to the IIHS, drivers with semi-autonomous vehicles are becoming confident enough in the self-driving systems to perform non-driving-related activities like eating or texting. 53% of GM Supercruise users reported a willingness to perform non-driving tasks. 42% of Tesla Autopilot users report a similar sentiment. Only 12% of ProPilot Assist users, that's from Nissan, said they would be confident enough to take their attention away from driving. I think very interesting facts. And you have to remember that these systems are not fail-proof. You have to uh, pay attention still. I mean, maybe you can clap hands to the song or something like that, but you've got to have your hands in close proximity and your eyes on the road, or else you're going to be in trouble. So I think that... uh, it's uh, it's incumbent upon you if you use these systems to keep an eye on the road. It's you know it's it's incumbent upon you because you're the one that's ultimately going to pay if something happens, uh, both emotionally and or physically. So. Uh, full autonomous driving is not here yet, although with the Super Cruise, I could see where it could help certain people in their uh, on their long trips and their efforts to drive. So that's, uh, that's some of the latest stuff that's uh, coming down from the automotive world. Nathan, I know that you're busy back there, so let me quickly ask you uh, if you want to ask me a question. Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Nathan, I thought you'd never ask. (laughs) Almost didn't have an opportunity, but thankfully things are back to normal here, and I'm back in full hands. Awesome. That is, uh, that's awesome. I I like to hear that because I know you were stressing. I know that you're the kind of person that stresses out when things aren't, uh, aren't going normal. So I want to make sure I want to, you know, know that you're doing okay. Everything's going just as normal. Oh man, you make me you make me happy, Nathan. You make me uh you make me smile. It uh it just uh it's a good thing. So what am I driving this week, you ask? Ah, oh, Nathan. I am driving something that we haven't uh, we haven't really talked about all that much. Uh, because I don't remember the last time that I got a chance to drive a Buick product, a General Motors product, a Buick. Now, you know, Buick over the last few years have kind of changed their whole thing. They've stopped making cars, and they're just making SUVs now and uh, crossovers. And Buick is a brand I grew up with. My father had uh, Buicks and Cadillacs mostly. Um, Buick was a, a fast, powerful car at an affordable price when I was growing up. Now, you know, it's kind of gone through its changes, but it's one of the brands of General Motors that has survived. And so we come to you today, and um, we are drive. We find ourselves driving and having great memories of uh, my dad while I'm doing it. A 2022. Buick Envision Essence, all-wheel drive, and um, it's it's a vehicle. It's uh, you, you know it's interesting because you're in this in this class where you have Lexus, and you know years ago the report was that Buick wanted to uh, duplicate Lexus. They wanted to be the American Lexus. 
and they have a lot of, there's a lot of groovy stuff in this car. Uh, there's the one thing that I'm so thankful for that's in this car is uh, micro filter technology so that you can get in this car, roll up the windows, turn on the air, and it filters out the particulates in the air before they hit your nose. Right now, that's the top option. <laughs> that's, that makes it worth it. Uh, I actually slept uh, for a little while in the car last night because my throat was getting so scratchy, and it actually helped. So this is uh, the Envision. It's a two-row um, mid-size SUV. It has the uh, you know all of the General Motors stuff that you would expect it to. Uh, the three-year, 36,000-mile warranty has all the OnStar services, uh, the Wi-Fi hotspot, uh, Sirius uh, uh, XM radio, uh, you know, all of the stuff that a luxury vehicle is supposed to have. It's also an extremely sharp-looking vehicle. It's uh, black with uh, black wheels, and this is their ST model, which is uh, uh, the upper end of the uh, uh, of, of the spectrum the sport touring package it cost you 1500 bucks uh, along with the ebony twilight metallic paint which is an extra five uh, but for the two thousand dollars that you're spending uh, you get a lot of cool stuff and real what I really like about the Buick and what they've done in the interior of this vehicle is that they've Changed over to this concept that we see many times uh, these days of the vehicle cockpit, um, where they've taken the radio and the infotainment system, uh, attached it to the dashboard, tilted it toward the driver, and uh, tilted it back a little bit so that you can actually see and experience uh, the... um, this thing on a on a more accessible level you're not reaching all the way over you're not reaching down it's up in your face along with the uh the the rest of the dashboard and the heads up display and it really makes a difference i believe in this car when you drive a lexus and you have that god-awful thing that you're moving around it's like a, a mouse with your fingers uh, you can't get it in the right spot. You miss, and you got to go back and start all over again. Uh, Buick has made this really easy. And I don't know if that's a reason that you go out and buy a car, but I think for some people it is. The ease of using uh, the ever-expanding suite of infotainment stuff that's in the car. So uh, it's, it's a, you know, I, does it have a lot of... Um, Get up and go to it. Well, I haven't really taken it out to uh, to see what the uh, uh, turbo two-liter engine can do. It's got a nine-speed automatic. I'm uh, looking forward to taking it out on the road today and really giving it uh, a run-through to see what this vehicle can be like. But, again, it'll be uh, fun and interesting to, uh, uh, to drive a Buick to talk to people about this Buick and to uh, give you a report on it. By the way, the uh, total price of this car, 43385 And as I said, a ver- an extremely sharp-looking car. Uh, we'll put pictures up on the website, uh, you know, and um, under the Yo Vinny, uh, what are you driving this week, uh, Facebook page as well and give you an idea of what I'm driving and where I'm driving it to. We throw pictures up there for our Sunday drive and uh, always get to keep you informed on what I'm driving this week. Because what I'm driving this week, you may be buying next week. And it's always good to uh, be able to contribute to your thought process on these things. All right, let's do the cartoon. Uh, one of my favorite bands of the 60s and 70s were the Kinks. Um the Davies Brothers and Company put out just some of the best rock and roll records ever produced. And they never got to do, uh, I think, that uh, that they should have. But people that know music know 
about the case and know about the Davies boys. So um, here's a little ditty that has to do with uh, the surprise that I hope you never feel in your life, but I have many times, well, at least a few times, and it's no fun when somebody steals your car. There you go, the kinks. And somebody stole my car. Um, we've all, well, I don't know if we've all had that feeling, but I certainly know that um, I, on several occasions, there is, there's nothing worse in the world when you come out in the morning. Uh, well, I, I guess there are things that are worse in the world. It's kind of an overstatement, but certainly when you come out in the morning and you uh, see that uh, either somebody has stolen your car completely or broken into it, and, uh, you know, robbed you of, of personal items and stuff like that. It really is, uh, it's heartbreaking. I mean, sometimes you just throw your hands up and you go, man, what did I do to deserve this? And uh, the, the reality is you didn't do anything to deserve it. You just parked your car. But there are people out there who, for whatever reason, want to make sure that they... Uh, that they uh, ruin your day <clears throat> and um, stealing your car or breaking into it is one of the ways that they can do that quite easily. Uh, so the kinks right there uh, here on our cartoon, we bring it to you weekly because cars and music go together so well. All right, time now for the uh, road test. The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Ah, yes. Nothing bad about this week's uh, uh, car that we uh, took for review. Uh, uh, Mercedes decided to give us an E450 wagon. That's right. Station wagon. Not an SUV. Not a crossover. But an actual station wagon. And they are proud to say it, that it is a station wagon. This was certainly one of the coolest and more intriguing cars that I have driven this year. I'm a station wagon guy. I don't know why people have been convinced that they need four-wheel drive and, and, and so many other components that could go bad when what they really need is a station wagon. To, uh, with, with, you know, a good all-wheel drive station wagon will do most of what you're going to do. Now, if you're going to go off-road and up into the mountains and that, yeah, you know, maybe the SUV becomes a little bit more. But Mercedes has found the formula uh, for a great station wagon. Uh, Buick did it a couple of years ago with that, uh, uh, I think they called it, this. was it the Skylock Sport? Uh, that station wagon that they came out with, but Mercedes really has found uh, the formula with this uh, E, um, this E, uh, E, E four fifty, which is um, from front to back, incredibly uh, functional and beautiful. First of all, it's a striking looking car, as is almost every Mercedes. Very few lemons. Uh, come out of uh, Mercedes. They're all striking-looking cars. The E-Class is uh, a larger um, vehicle in station wagon form. It just extends the long roof back out and uh, puts a, a, a tailgate on the back of it. And what? The, and so it flows. It doesn't look um, weird because it's jacked up all the way. It has an... Uh, a suspension system that will allow you to push a button and raise the suspension if you want to. It has different drive modes in it. But the uh, the thing about this particular car uh, that I love so much is that in the back, it has a rearward-facing third row. So if you remember the old Country Squires or the old Fords uh, or Chevys too, the uh, Kingswood or Parkwoods, that had that third seat that faced backwards so the kids could wave to the drivers behind them. Uh, the Mercedes has put one in this. Uh, it's not the most comfortable seat in the world. It is the deepest wells, but you could put two kids, three kids back there, and uh, they're quite comfortable. And they're getting a unique vision of the road behind them. 
as far as power, uh, you know, this vehicle has enough power when you load it up. Uh, the six-cylinder uh, engine uh, with 255 horsepower is uh, more uh, once when the turbo kicks in, more than enough to get you where you want to go and to do it with uh, rapidness and speed. You don't ever feel like uh, this car is lagging no matter how much you uh, you load into it. I mean, I wouldn't want to throw two or three refrigerators back there, but short of that, I think you're going to be uh, you're going to be okay. Uh, the interior is Mercedes Comfort. The infotainment system can be a little clunky at some points, but I believe once you get used to it, which is a disadvantage that we always feel when we test these cars, we don't know, you know, you don't get used to the infotainment system, but it drives like a big car, it has that feel to it, yet you can clamp it down into the sport mode and you get a little more connection with the road. Uh, the particular car that I drove, uh, the E454 Matic, $83,270, and I thought it was one of the better cars I've driven this year. That will do it for this edition of Drive Time. Thank you so much for uh, listening this morning. Uh, we hope you had a good time, or at least as good a time as Nathan and I did, and we will catch up with you next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock if the Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. Have a good week. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly... It's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... ...could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.